Hey everyone, welcome back to the Brothers of Broad Street podcast. I'm here with Bryce Elig. My name's Jim Croger. Just hit my mic right there. But um, this is the 23rd episode of the Brothers of Broad Street podcast. Thank you to all who followed us last week. We brought on Mike Kenslack. It was a very good show. Talked Rutgers football. Talked NFL. Um, this week, we're sticking with the NFL. And we're going to start off with our hometown team, the Birds, baby. They are not flying high. Um, in fact, they came back down to earth last week. They hit it hard. And this is what I've been calling for for months now. And Bryce, I'm going to let you have the floor right now and talk about whatever you want. Take as long as you want, because once I get going, I'm not stopping. So go ahead. Before I want to get into the a million negative things I'm going to talk about, I want to do talk. I want to talk about one positive thing that came out of this weekend. Bryce's best bets are back. 3-0, 3-0 on Sunday football. The Rams, everybody was really against that pick. I know Jim Jim didn't well, like that pick against the against the GOAT. Let's hey, be fair here. Right before we went on the air, I was talking to you about how I didn't like you taking the Rams, but you made a smart decision. The Rams being at home at SoFi Stadium with that defense. The Bucks, obviously, we'll get into this later, but the Bucks obviously were depleted with injuries. Antonio Brown being out, Jason Pierre-Paul, and their two starting cornerbacks – that played a big role, but smart pick by you. Um, way to keep the ball rolling with Bryce's best bets. Yeah, that's big. Records now at 37 and 23, I believe. Maybe 24, but I want to say 23, 37 and 23. Pretty good record, just saying. It's solid. My, I just had, and just to start the show off positive, I'm going to continue. I'm going to keep it up for the fans. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's talk about last night's performance. Um, it's very rare to like. Leave a game like last week's a perfect example of a loss with a lot of positives. You know, something to come off of. Like, yeah, we made a lot of mistakes, but you know, the 49ers game wasn't a complete. It wasn't a bad loss. Yesterday was possibly the worst loss I've seen in a long time by the Eagles, and that's that's shocking to say. There is absolutely no positives to come out of this game. Not a single person besides. Actually, there's one positive. John Hargraves played really well. That's about it. But everybody was bad from coaching. Jalen Hurts was bad. The offensive line was really, really bad. Um, the wide receivers, especially Devontae Smith, second week not being a factor whatsoever. Get it to his rookie season. Get all that. Still got to be a factor. Um, secondary was bad. I get they were a little bit beaten up, but still really, really bad. Um, Dak Prescott torched us. Tony Pollard and Zeke torched us. It's just... It was a bad game. It was just a really, really ugly game. And one thing I want to go over before everything, the one big thing I want to talk about is I feel like Sirianni had such a great game plan for week one. Like, he was so ready for Atlanta. And then these last two weeks have been a huge concern for me. He just looks – I get he's going to get out coach because he's a rookie coach. I think we can all understand that. But, man, he's looked – some of these play calls, and, I mean, we both can talk about it. How do you not – I mean, how do you only run the ball two times in, a, in an NFL game? How do you only run the ball two times in an NFL game? I think I think that's ridiculous. Um, Dallas Goddard definitely needs to be more involved. Uh, I don't understand. He was about he was another decent lone bright spot. He had a couple good moments. I don't listen. I get, and you're going to be on me, and you're going to say, "Listen, Jalen Hurts played terrible," which he did. I'm not going to sit here and not going to deny any of that. But that loss isn't all on him. Um, Andre Dillard. Proved last night that he is for sure a bust. He is not anything too special. Um, it's just 
oh man, I get it. it was such an ugly game. Like it's hard to talk about a game that was so ugly. You could talk about every little bit, but one big thing with Jalen Hurts is, uh, especially you know they come out on that first drive and they look really good. They have two really good plays. Uh, big play to Dallas Goddard. Then they, uh, I forget who they threw to or they ran to the next play, but it was a nice little game. And then you throw a pick. And listen, there's one rule when you throw a deep ball: make sure it's over. You do not throw a deep ball short. That is against. That's just against football rules. It was one of the worst balls I have seen by an NFL quarterback. It was concerningly bad. But <laughs> like, I mean that that throw was bad, man. I mean that that throw was like that throw was like everyone kind of like stopped and was like, "Is there a penalty or something?" Like, there's no way it was that bad. I also just don't like the play call in that spot. You're driving down the field. There's no need to take that shot so early in a game, especially you know when the defense looks so bad. That was. I mean, Dallas, especially on the first drive, didn't have one bad play. They stormed down that field. It was easy for them. I mean, realistically, that game could have gotten way worse. I thought the Cowboys should have been up 28 to nothing. They, you know, we got lucky on the fourth down when they clearly got the touchdown, but they didn't count it as a touchdown. Um, but, man, it was just ugly. Like, the, the Eagles couldn't keep their offense on the field. Their defense was on the field, and it looked bad. They couldn't stop. The, but the biggest disappointment was how we could not stop the run at all. I think they were getting five to six yards every single carry. And it was at the point where I was like, if I'm Mike McCarthy, why even throw the ball? Which they didn't. For one or two drives, they ran the ball four, four or five, six straight times and were getting first downs consistently. There's no need. There's no need whatsoever to stop. It was just embarrassing that we couldn't make adjustments. And I thought another really big thing, and before I let you go, sorry, I could go on all night, and I know no, you are too. Not yet. But one big thing I thought is on that second Zeke touchdown when he scored, Everyone on the defense is exhausted. Call a timeout. I don't get that. When your defense is exhausted and, you know, it's like a second or third and goal and you have a chance to make a stop and hopefully maybe they'll kick a field goal. If not, they'll go for it. And maybe call a timeout. It made no sense to me. Your defense is exhausted. They're walking down the field. you got to call a timeout. Sometimes I get you want to keep those two, three timeouts to try to, you know, come down the field and it, at the end of the second half or whatever, or at the end of the first half, but come on, you got to call your timeouts. That was a really, that was, a, that was a big thing. That's not going to stick out to a lot of people that stuck out to me. You got to call your timeouts. I mean, it's, it's plain and simple. Like when your defense is tired, they have no chance of stopping an offense like the Cowboys with so many weapons that can make so many big plays. Got to call a timeout. It was a really, really, really embarrassing game. Um, obviously I don't feel great coming into this week knowing that we're going to play a hungry Chiefs team that's coming off back-to-back losses. I think the first time they've lost back-to-back games since like 2016. So I'm not feeling all around great about that. Um, then we got the Bucks Thursday night. Then we got the Raiders. And I know we got the Chargers uh, November 7th. You know, it's we got a lot of tough games on our schedule. Um, I'm not giving up on the season completely yet with our week division. I know that sounds crazy, but man, Last night was a, was bad. Last night was really, really ugly. But the good thing is it, it can't get any worse. It, it literally cannot get any worse. I'm going to have to disagree with your last statement there. I actually think it can get worse and it will get worse because like you just brought up, we play the Kansas City Chiefs next week, okay? And if you thought that C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper and uh, what's the third string receiver's name he came in um, – He's in for Gallup now. He's getting a lot of snaps. Brown, they got some guy named Brown that looks just like he, he, he caught a touchdown last night, I believe. Oh, oh, oh the, uh, Wilson or whatever. Well, yeah. He wears number one, yeah. Yeah, or right. Wait, 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 wait. I want to mention one other thing. That ref who, who called him, called that pass complete, should lose his job today. Not me being a biased Eagles fan. That was so, that he wasn't even close to being in. 
He barely had one footed. That was that a, was a, that was a sick catch though. If it was college football, that'd be completed and that'd be good. Yeah, but, but I mean, you can agree that's a, that's that's an embarrassing yeah. to be a professional referee and call that. And yes, bias, whatever. I'm an Eagles fan, but I think a lot of fans can agree. I was watching it with the Steelers fan, and he said like that ref should definitely be fired. I mean, that was not even close. Just saying. No, that was Just, very that was very clear that he did not have two feet down. Um, but I want to get back to my point. Listen, this is going to get worse for the Philadelphia Eagles this year. I do not see them winning a game. Honestly, I do not see them winning a game until they play the Detroit Lions. And I'm not even sure that they're going to be able to beat the Detroit Lions this year. I was just going to say the Lions The Lions are one of the better 0-3 teams I've seen in a long time. They okay. Almost, when, they you, almost, when you look at every single one of their games. When you, yeah, when you look at their games, they're actually close games. And listen, Stafford's been playing his tail off with the Los Angeles Rams. There's no denying that. But I don't think Jared Goff is that bad of a quarterback that everybody makes him out to be. Like, you can't be that bad if you get to a Super Bowl. I don't think it's Jared Goff. I just think it's the lack of, like, talent in the new coach in Detroit that really let everybody off. But like you just said. There's 66-yard miracle kick away against Justin Tucker, and he's probably the most talented kicker in NFL history. But Exactly, and the Ravens were the same team that just knocked off the Chiefs. The, fall, yeah. the previous week. I mean, they're and, definitely no. They're definitely no like like and not like like I think the Jaguars are significantly worse. Than and the Lions were the same team that went toe to toe with the 49ers. Okay, so you have your Chiefs next. You have the Kansas City Chiefs next week. The following week, you have the Carolina Panthers. They're three and zero. Their defense looks phenomenal. In fact, they have the best defense, the second best defense in the league right now. All right, so they're coming. Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles offense isn't going to get anything against them. The following week, you play Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I think Tom might throw for 10 passing touchdowns that game. The week after that, you play the Las Vegas Raiders. You're not beating them. So that's four straight losses. You're going to be 1-6 on the season. Not a doubt in my mind. Listen, I'm the biggest diehard Eagles fan. So are you. We love our Philadelphia sports. But this is why we didn't want to get too high after the Atlanta Falcons win. Sirianni came out great. But Bryce, you can orchestrate a good game plan going up against the Atlanta Falcons. That team has not been good since 2016. All right? The Giants, I mean, we might be able to get two wins against the Giants this year. The fact that they just lost to the Falcons, I mean, how bad is that team, really? You, I mean, you got you to gotta think that Saquon Barkley is going to come back and have a good season. And obviously, he'll run all over the Philadelphia Eagles. But I don't see this team getting more than four wins. And... I'll start with Sirianni. Yes, he's a young coach. He's going to make his mistakes. To touch on your point about the timeout when Ezekiel Elliott, you're talking about the slant when he went out to the flat, got the touchdown right, and ran it in a little bit. There was a, ran on the goal was, line. Yeah, it was, it was his second touchdown. Yeah, his goal line slant. dive. Yeah, all right. Defense was like on the ground, like they were. Yeah, his goal line dive. The DB was out there, just couldn't make the tackle and hold him. But I disagree with calling a timeout there because the previous drive, the Eagles actually stopped. They stopped Dak Prescott on that QB sneak, that fourth down, prevented a touchdown. I, I think that was a touchdown, but that's... It was just, a touchdown, but it happens. It, like, just, I mean, it just happens. Like, I mean, two years ago, Goddard got called for that pass interference. That, that, was, that should have been a touchdown, so that was kind of karma just working its way. But if you call a timeout there, listen, scoring in the red zone is difficult, especially if you have to throw the ball and... By you calling a timeout there, you give the Cowboys time to 
set up a play, and let's be honest, the Eagles defense is not the legion of boom. So the chances that the Cowboys, with that offense, they're most likely going to score. So that's why I disagree with the timeout there. Sirianni's a young coach, but there is no explanation for why you do not run the ball, especially when you have a running back that's as good as Miles Sanders. Like, let's be honest. Sanders is a good running back. I mean, last year, I think he had the most 50-plus yard um, att- like attempts, like runs of 50-plus yards in the league, and he didn't carry the ball a lot last year either. I have him in fantasy. He put up 10 points. He touched the ball three times last night. So he obviously was getting yardage when he touched the ball. He just touched it three times. Yeah, he, his one run was like a 20-yard run. Exactly. Well, I didn't see him touch the ball for the rest of the game. And it's not like the Cowboys were loaded on that defensive line. Demarcus Lawrence is hurt. We were talking about this last episode. So run the ball and keep running it until they slow it down. Now I on mean, the now, go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, I, 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 I agree. I, I mean, it's plain and simple. You, you, you both to win a game. Both you have to be able to run and throw the ball. You can't just throw the ball. And it was at the point where I think the Cowboys realized after the first two drives, hey, the Eagles aren't the Eagles aren't running the ball at all. And they were ready for Jalen Hurts. They had the linebackers, you know, for you know, they had linebackers set on him, so I knew it was going to be a lot harder a game a lot harder of a game than it was against the Falcons or the 49ers, who do have good linebackers, but the Cowboys have all solid, three really solid linebackers and Man, I mean, it was just—it was ugly. It was—it was really, really ugly. Like there was—it's very rare for me to, you know, say like after a loss, you usually can pick one or two things out. Hey, he, our our punter played phenomenal. We got our <laughs> punter for the future. <laughs> he actually is pretty good. No, he is good. Special teams has been a bright spot for the Eagles over the past couple of years. They've been consistent. Yeah, whoever twenty-one is, uh, I don't know who that is. For the Eagles on special teams, he had a great game. He had like three or four tackles. Uh, you got to listen. At part of being an Eagles fan, you just got to pick up one or two positives and roll it. and roll with it. All right, now on to. Wait, I want to make. I want to make. I have a quick question for you. I want to make a quick point. And I know you're not a Jalen Hurts guy, and I understand. But last night's loss, yes, don't get me wrong, he played bad. But that lo- that loss last night, yes, two horrible interceptions. But I don't think that loss is all 100% on him. I thought that offensive line was, like, bad, bad yesterday. I'm not saying that. And I'm not I'm, – I, I, I will not say that it was all on him. Um, well, I just I, – I, I know you like you, but I, you see on Twitter, like, the biggest thing about the Eagles, like, whenever, like, a quarterback plays bad for one game, we could have Patrick Mahomes, and if he had one bad game, we'd be calling for the backup. It's like all I saw on Twitter yesterday is that we got to start Gardner Minshew. No, that that's not going to happen. We're rolling with Jalen Hurts. You got to give him a shot to play. He's going to have bad games. He's going to have bad moments. He's still pretty much a rookie in the NFL. He didn't play too much last season, so you just got to roll with him. It's the it's the same situation. I feel like we're very similar to the Dolphins. Like a lot of people don't really believe in Tua. Some people believe in him. You just got to let him play. You can't just give up when he has a bad couple games. You just got to let him play. All right. So before I get into it and start talking about the quarterback play last night, the offensive play. I'm going to ask you a quick question. Who do you think is a better quarterback? Tua Tagovailoa or Jalen Hurts? I think, and I know you're going to, you're probably going to disagree, but I would go with Jalen Hurts. Uh, I, in my opinion, I just think he has less injury history, and also I just don't like the fact that Tua is a lefty. Uh, okay, thank that's you. Just my, that's All right. my thing. So you'll rather have Jalen Hurts? 
Okay. I'd rather have Jalen Hurts. I mean, right. don't get me wrong, like, that's not a big, I don't, I don't no. think that's, like, a crazy thing to say. No, it's not, no, no, I'm not trying to be sarcastic or anything. I'm, I'm asking a question because this, like, leads into my next point. All right, so now on Monday Night Football, ESPN is doing this broadcast with the Manning brothers. All right, and they bring on former athletes. They brought on uh, LeBron James last night. They also brought on Nick Saban. I would say he's a pretty good football coach, right, you would say? He, he's, he's a great coach. <laughs> okay. He, he's had some success, um, you know, here and there. Okay, last night he was asked about Jalen Hurts and Tua being in the same – locker room, being in the same quarterback room when they spent their time at Alabama. And he was asked why he chose Tua over Jalen Hurts. Okay, he just flat out said it. Tua worked harder and beat out Jalen for the job. All right, that is Nick Saban. So if you think Tua is that bad, which I think Tua is not going to have a good career, I think he'll probably be a backup or even out of the NFL in the next two, three years. Where, where does that leave Jalen Hurts? If Nick Saban, one of the greatest coaches of all time and the greatest college football coach, is saying, listen, Tua was just better. Well, I mean, I think the big thing is is that another big key to, especially now modern-day quarterbacks, obviously like you look at guys like Lamar Jackson who can move out of the pocket. It's a new thing. Jalen Hurts, obviously his mobility and being able to move out of the pocket is much better than Tua's. I think that's what gives him a clear – advantage over him uh, i just that's just a that's just a key thing i'm throwing out there i mean yeah. i just think okay i but, think right. i think honestly i mean you can't look at listen playing for alabama is much 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 different than playing for an nfl team they're playing western just random schools half the time they're gonna blow them out all the time and also i mean you just gotta you gotta look at it i just personally think and i'm listen i get you and has his problems that is that's true and i think two two has his problems no doubt whatsoever, but I just think you got to look at it like Jalen Hurts is definitely all around has more potential than two has. I'm not saying anything bad about Jalen Hurts. He is a leader. He works extremely hard, but like you just said, there are a lot of quarterbacks who like to run now. They like to get outside the pocket, extend some plays, and you know, make plays with their with their legs. And I'm fine with that. It's just not sustainable over a season and especially in the playoffs because defenses know how to cover that. Jalen Hurts could have ran for 200 yards last night and Bryce, the Eagles weren't coming back. You face a little bit of adversity when you get down by a substantial lead and then you have to... Wait, big, I just, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm watching the Phillies game. Big, big play just happened. Uh, Tell me. Matt... Ville, I don't know how to pronounce his name, the new first base. Verling, Verling. Yeah. Bryce Harper was on first. There's one out in the uh, in the top of the ninth. He just hit a fly ball, and Edwin Rosario dropped the ball. Literally just dropped the ball. There's man on second and third now, one out. Just wanted to put that out there. Wow. Sorry to Still down 2 nothing, right? 2, down, two nothing. Okay. top nine. They're down 2 nothing, but he just dropped like – like an act, like just like a. I mean, it wasn't like an easy, easy catch, but it like it was, wow. it was an easy catch. Rosario, so, Rosario has played well since he's been got traded to the Braves at the deadline. That's big for the yeah, Phillies. That's hey, big. I'll keep us updated. Keep Sorry. us updated. I I can't watch because I'm using both my devices right now to talk to I'm you. Here for the quick updates. Here for the quick updates. <laughs> They're walking McCutcheon. Bases loaded. There's going to be bases loaded for I don't know who's batting after. Bases loaded. No outs. You said or one out. 
One out, bases One out. loaded. They just walked McCutcheon. I think Didi's up, and we know his history with the bases loaded. I think Didi's up. Grand slam, baby. Here it comes. Just putting that out there, but let's just move on. Let's, let's talk a bit. To get back to you. <laughs> anyway, when you're down by a substantial lead, you need to throw the ball to get back in the game. Jalen Hurts cannot do that. Okay? And when you saw it last night, after he threw that interception, he was not the same player. Okay? Every time he stepped back in the pocket, he looked extremely uncomfortable and he looked for his first look. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if they were open or not. Like if Rager ran uh, a slant, he was throwing to Rager. Or if Devontae Smith ran That's, an out route. I, I, I could not did. agree more. I think a lot of times, I even saw it in week one. He was looking for, especially on that drive where he hit Devontae yeah. like four so times. So he looks for one guy. He was only looking for one target. He looks for one guy at a time. And listen. You're 1,000% right. There's tons of quarterbacks in the league who do it. Like even Brady, the greatest quarterback to live, he does it with Rob Gronkowski sometimes where he just gets so used to throwing to Gronk. And, you know, sometimes they connect, sometimes they don't. But you have to, if you're as mobile as you say and you like to run – you got to extend plays. You got to let the play develop. Give your receivers a chance to get open. Listen, the offensive line has been a problem. They cannot stay healthy. You, my friend, for the past couple years have been blaming, and I'm and I'm not going to make this a debate because I don't, I don't want to do that. I just want to talk about last night's game. But you and all my other associates have been talking about Wentz being the issue on offense when I've been saying that you can't have good quarterback play when the offensive line is decimated. All right, like you just said, Andre Dillard, he can't block. Now, I mean, he's just now, he's a bad football player. Just he was, play, like, now, he was going player. up against Mika Parsons. What'd they do? Didi flew out. Harper's going to score. Uh, we're going to be down one run, two outs, man on first and third. Um, so... <sighs> Keep us up, dude. Sorry, my it, it was like a it, it looked like he hit it on the sweet spot. It looks good. It was deep. He went to the warning track. Oh. So we'll see. This is a you got to give me you got to give me a little like John Cruck, Tom McCarthy live game by or play by play updates right now. Yeah. Sorry, sorry for the fans. <laughs> we're, we're but you know we got to keep you know we're this is what this is what you get live updates. This yeah. is the podcast. This is what you get on the Brothers of Broad Street podcast. You can't get this anywhere else. That's why you no should su- subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube. Freddie Galvis. Freddie Galvis up. The the savior of the Phillies. He's the savior of the Phillies. We're going to see what happens. I'll let us know. Hey, listen. This night, the 10-year anniversary of what many people call it the best regular season night in baseball history. In 2011. The Rays, the Rays, Red Sox. Oh, my the, God. It's been 10 years. The Rays and Yankees. The Orioles and oh, Red Sox. Yeah, I remember that. The Cardinals and Astros. And then the Phillies and the Braves. And for those who don't remember, the Phillies beat the Braves in extra innings 4-3 to three to get the Cardinals into the playoffs. And then the Cardinals ended up going on to win the World Series that year. Um, and 2011, obviously, was the end of an era for Philadelphia Phillies. And hopefully, this night, we can kind of keep the momentum going. Listen, we need a miracle. Not a miracle, but we, hey. we need to. Freddie Gallows has come up in big moments before. Do you remember when he was on the team and he hit that home run against Araldis Chapman, that walk-off? I do remember. That was awesome. Oh, my God. McCutcheon almost picked off. That would have been horrible. <laughs> Freddie Gallows is currently 2-0 count. Okay. 2-0 count. Who, who's, who's in for the Braves right now? Uh, Will Smith. 
and they got very good. Warm, they got Newcomb warming up. So let's see. This is a big pitch. Two zero. Let's see where he goes here. Wait till he throws. Yeah, wait till he wait till he throws a strike. You got to take a pitch again here. You don't want to make yeah you got an easy out. Yeah, you don't. I do think next. I, I I do believe the next person up is Alec Boone. Did they bring him up today? He's back. He's back. <laughs> the phenom. <laughs> real pitch. A strike. Strike. All right. Freddie took it. Low now, strike. I'm surprised the Braves didn't intentionally walk Freddie and put the bases loaded to get an easy out at any base. But Especially with Galvis. Uh, Galvis is currently batting a lefty. so And that's not his strong side, right? No. That's he's, yeah, he's, right. he's a righty normally. Or no, he, he's batting righty and he's normally a lefty. That's yeah, right. I'm surprised they didn't walk out. Gal- not, not that Galvis is that much of a Freddie, Freddie, ground ball, uh, foul. Foul. Just squeaked by foul. Was <laughs> My heart just stopped when you said that. <laughs> oh. Full count. Full count. Everyone's going crazy. Got to um, send them. Runners are going. Here we go. Runners are going. Oh, no. Runners are definitely not going. It's two outs. Yeah, but if he walks, <laughs> the guy's trying to steal home. Well, um, the runner on first is going. Yeah, the runner on first is going. Freddie, if he, Freddie can hit one of the gap. Freddie, good, good foul ball. It was a good pitch. He fouled it off. Who's on first? Who's on first right now? Veerling or McCutcheon? Uh, McCutcheon. McCutcheon's still on first. Veerling is on third. If Freddie can rip one in the gap, McCutcheon has a chance of scoring on that hit and run. Which is another big thing is, I mean, Veerling might be faster than he sees, but I also would have definitely pitched it or pinch ran for him in a situation where, like, let's just say it was a bloop. I don't know. Just nah, Veerling, Veerling can run. Yeah, and you don't and you don't have you don't have that much speed on the bench. Another another big foul, another big foul ball. Freddie can't get around it, but he's he's making really solid contact. He keeps throwing the slider. Freddie's staying alive. Everybody is everybody is sweating. This right is now. this is postseason baseball at its best. It Seven feels like October. At Seven pitch at bat with three foul balls. Fans <laughs> are going crazy. There's no other way than Philly sports to do this right now. Come on, come on, Freddie, come on. Strikeout. 93 miles per hour right down the middle. Didn't, uh, just didn't hit it. So, uh. Well, everybody who's listening to that, that concludes the Philly season pretty much. There's, yeah, there's, there's not much. Now they're three and a half games back. Two games left to play against the Braves, and they do have that series with the Marlins, but this is pretty much over. Yeah, that's it for, uh, the Phillies pretty much. That's a, it's a shame. Uh, I thought, like, Rosario dropping that ball would bring life to him. Uh, the, well, that was a really that was a really uh, ballsy pitch by uh, Smith, like eighty three miles per hour, right down the middle after a couple of straight foul balls. Freddie's got to hit that uh, ninety three. I mean uh, ninety three. I think I'm saying eighty three on accident, but ninety three. Uh, definitely nothing too. It's not. Fast, it's though. not overpowering at the MLB level. No, yeah, I actually think uh, he might have been a, a little in front of it actually. But that's a shame. That's a that's just yeah, adding icing mm. on the cake of being a Philly fan right now. Um, Man, it is what it is. I, I know coming into this game, Harper has had some success against Charlie Morton, Real Muto. Had about Morton. eight had about tonight. Had about eight or nine hits against Morton, and you would think that your big guys would step up. That obviously did not happen. Uh the fact that they couldn't get the bats going at all until the final inning. Um It's ten straight seasons so just You know, it's a shame too, because they started off that game. Herrera had the single. Uh, to left field, and then Segura had the single up the middle, and you have Harper up. I think if any other batter was up, you bunt in that position and get the runners over. But obviously, you're not going to bunt. You know, you're not going to have the MVP of the league bunt. 
But oh, it is what it is. Sorry for the live updates of disappointment, especially hey. so classic, such a classic Philly team. You you know it's over, and then they think you're they like give you life and just to let you down. Hey, we do oh. a little we do a little bit of everything uh, here on the Brothers of Broad Street, but let's. Let's jump back into the even bigger disappointment, the Eagles. Let's go across. Let's go across the street to where the Eagles play and oh, talk. It's, <laughs> you know, get back talking about the Eagles. Many people last year were ribbing me for always defending Wentz. I was on that list. Okay, that offensive line. Any quarterback: Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford would look. Not good behind that offensive line. They're just depleted with injuries. And it's not anyone's fault. It just happens. Brandon Brooks goes down. Uh, Samalo goes down. Mulatto. That's huge. All right. And then you have Andre Dillard coming in. Lane uh, Lane Dickerson, he got hurt yesterday. So you have... He also, he also didn't look very good. He might you, have be, uh, all, you have all these guys hurt. The Eagles have five different offensive line combinations already this year. So this is where I'm going to give Jalen Hurts and the rest of the Eagles offense a little bit of a pass because you win at the lines in the NFL. And last year, the Eagles had the most offensive line combinations in the entire NFL. So how can you expect any kind of consistency with your offense? All right, you just can't. Well, now, uh, another big thing I want to get on, and I know – it's you know it's early in both their careers, but uh, Rager and Smith, uh, they got to be better for sure. Uh, and I'm not just saying that. Look at what Jamar Chase is doing. He's already making a full crazy. I mean, he's scoring a touchdown every week so far. He had a two touchdown game. Uh, I guess you know Smith played really well the first week, but do you know why? Do you know why Jamar Chase is having some success? Why is that? Because he's got a, because he's got a quarterback. Can, he's got a quarterback that can throw the ball. All right, the Eagles have a better offensive line than the Bengals, but at least Joe Burrow can make the throws. And I'm not trying to come at Hurts. All right, he did he did make some nice touch passes, and I think he had one on a touchdown that actually ended up getting called back, or like a long ball that ended up. He getting had a couple. He had called. a couple pretty. He had good like he had a, yeah, he had like he had a, a he had a forty he had yarder. Throw he put right in the box and it got called back because Dillard was down the field for yeah, no reason. But three four throws a game is not going to get it done for you, especially at this level. And listen, you you can't you can't just run the ball every time you're not going to be able to win games, especially games when you're going up against the Cowboys offense or a Chiefs offense next week or the Buccaneers in a couple weeks and these teams can put up points. You have to be able to go throw for throw. And Hurts, I just don't see him being able to do that. The Eagles should have never fired Doug Peterson. He was not the problem in the organization. Okay, I was with that the entire way. And if it had to come down to Doug Peterson or Wentz, like many reporters said, which in my mind, I don't think it did, honestly. I really don't think it came down to that. I would have went with Doug Peterson because he's your only coach, the only coach in the franchise's history that's won a Super Bowl. And now, I know it's still early, but it looks like you're going to have to be looking for another quarter or another coach next year. I mean, does it not? agree with you and it like it's like tough because it's like we said before even if let's just say the season ends really bad for Hertz and Sirianni it's hard for me to say that they get fired they to me I think we both agreed on this before but like they're two they're they, they're probably going to get two years 
that's how I see it. All right. And then, all right. So then, no, if, no, I mean, don't no. get me wrong. Let's, don't get me wrong whatsoever. If 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 the Eagles go out and lose, let's just say they lose like eight or nine games in a row. They don't win, in, or if they, whenever the next time they play the Giants or the Lions or the, uh, or the Washington Football Team, I wouldn't even say the Lions are a guaranteed win right now. But uh, I know I'm just saying a chance. Washington That's the only team. I think we're going to beat the Washington Football Team once. That defense is looking not nearly as good as everybody thought they would uh, look. They look pretty bad. The Giants look terrible. So I do think we're going to beat those teams. I think we'll beat the Giants twice. I think we'll beat the, uh, Washington at least once. But yeah, I mean, a, if, like, if they go, but what I'm saying is, if they go on a eight nine game losing streak, I, he could easily get fired for a hundred percent. Because especially with the way, if he continues to call games the way he did the last two weeks, don't get me wrong. Last night we had no shot of winning, even if he called a good game. The Dallas Cowboys were ready; they were a better team last night. But I think we both can can, can agree that. Two weeks ago against the 49ers, the Eagles should have won that game. The Eagles definitely should have won that game. Okay, and this is where I, this is my next point that I wanted to talk about. You brought up the 49ers and how it was a relatively close game. And listen, if a couple plays go here and there, then the Eagles could have and they should have won that game. There's been a lot of games in the NFL where you could say that. And we talked about it on a, an episode earlier, a couple weeks ago. Sometimes you just play down to the level of your opponent. You and I both discussed before the show, we don't think the San Francisco 49ers are as good as everybody's making them out to be. Yes, that defense is good. The offense has some weapons. We're still obviously unsure about Jimmy G and whether Trey Lance can play comes, or not. When it comes to the NFL, even if the team's undefeated, like right now with the Raiders and Broncos and all that, you got to wait till week about five to six, in my opinion. That's when you really learn because by then you've played a couple, yeah. probably one or two te- good teams. Mm-hmm. That's when you learn if a team's like you get legit. A, you, like you get right a couple. Now, you get right a, now, people are looking the Panthers. You can't say they're legit yet. They've played weaker competition. They haven't yeah. played great teams. Same thing goes for the Broncos. They played the Jets, the Giants, and the uh, well. If the you Jaguars. look at if you look at the Steelers last year, the Steelers' first eleven games of the season wasn't really that hard, and then they got killed. Well, the rest, yeah, they, they killed the rest of the season because they were playing. Yeah, so that's but, why I think I think everyone's got to wait till about week five, six, yeah. maybe even week seven. That's when you really learn how the NFL is. Because I mean, it's like it's like anything. Right, right now, people are like panicking over the Chiefs. The Chiefs will be fine. They'll, yeah, they'll step. They'll step up. They'll find they're still going to win. I mean, games. after after week one in Green Bay, everyone thought that Rodgers was trying to blow the season for the team. And now when you look, that was the that was the dumbest thing. Now when you look like what he you know what he did the other night with 35 seconds left on the clock. But anyway, I want to get back to the Eagles real quick before we go into anything else because I think this is important. And once again, I'm not making this a Wentz versus Hurts debate at all. Flip the roles. Flip the roles. Like, put Wentz back on the Eagles and Hurts on the Colts. Eagles played the Atlanta Falcons week one. The Colts played the Seattle Seahawks. Listen, listen, listen. The Seahawks look bad. Who's got the better team? Who's got the the better Who's Seahawks got, are definitely better. Who's got the better defense? The Seahawks, but I wouldn't say by necessarily a lot there. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm being honest. The Seahawks are. I mean, they've given up like 30 points in their last in like every game they played this season. So week two, the Eagles played the 49ers. 49ers have a good defense. The Colts played the Los Angeles Rams. Who's got the better defense? Rams, not 100. Not close. All right, week three, the Eagles played the Cowboys. Does the Cowboys defense look a little bit better this year? Yes, they have Mika Parsons or Mike uh, Micah Parsons who's playing unreal. Uh Trevon Diggs, 
I talked. Like I think. Of his life, I like think. I think he has potential to be a Pro Bowl cornerback this year. I really do think he's that good. And you know they have other good linebackers, but who's got a better defense? And I'm, this defense isn't that good either. But would you rather have the Titans' defense or the Cowboys' defense? Uh, it doesn't matter. They're both. They're both god awful. They're both god awful. So I mean, the Titans have had more success over the past couple of years. I would rather have the Titans' defense. That's just me. You, you know, people no, could I mean, have, yeah, people could, yeah, people could take the Cowboys' defense. It all depends I wouldn't on. That. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make that like a huge debate because they're both pretty yeah. equally right there at the Chiefs' competition. But, but what uh, I'm yeah, saying I is, I agree 100. Yeah. The defenses is that we had to play. Really have. Like, the Falcons, anybody could play well against that defense. And the Cowboys, they're not overpowering. The 49ers, yes. But the 49ers played down to the level of their opponent. The Eagles are not a good team. The 49ers did not play like the 49ers in week one that scored 41 points. And the def- it's just the Eagles are not where people said that they were going to be. And next year... I could see it even getting worse because here, like you just said, if we give Sirianni and Hurts two more years or two years together, this year and then next year, Jason Kelsey's not coming back next year. There's no way. How- I, I, if this season ends, like like you said, like a four-win season, Kelsey's gone. No, Kelsey, Kelsey's done. I think he will retire. Ertz is definitely gone. Okay. Well, they, I don't think Ertz, I don't think, uh, Ertz leaving at this point is a uh, – is a huge loss. I'm just being honest. I don't think it's a huge loss. But like Kelsey, I, I'm just Kelsey, saying. I'm just saying. I'm, yeah, I'm going on terms of like the 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 core team, like the core of the team, and who you're about to lose. Uh, Kelsey's gone. Ertz is gone. You're gonna lose Brandon Brooks because Howie Roseman earlier before the season started said the reason they traded Wentz was because of injuries. Brandon Brooks has been injured every season since he's been with this team except the Super Bowl. Yeah, year. it's it's, it's so, very disappointing. I, he's the best guard in football. He's awesome. Whatsoever. Yeah, he's awesome. You gotta, anyone anyone can agree. I mean, you, you can't keep him around if he's and, be hurt. and exact and and expect to be paying him the money that he's paying, and he's not even on the field for us. So I think he's gone. And listen, I love this guy well as well on the offensive line. But Lane Johnson, if the Eagles struggle this year, which they will, Lane Johnson's gone next year. All right, they're gonna, yeah, I, they're gonna, they're gonna clear house. All right, it's just what's gonna happen now on the defensive side of the football. You could say goodbye to Fletcher Cox. You could say goodbye to Brandon Graham. Oh, those hurt, Jim. Those hurt. You know how right. bad? Do you know how bad they hurt me? I I still watch videos of that Super Bowl year, and all these guys were awesome. Like. I wanted to buy jerseys for every single one of these players, but it's just I'm just trying to be realistic. Your boy Darius Slay, he he will be gone. Thank God, uh, I'll be thrilled. I'll be thrilled when he's gone. And I think Darius Slay has been very good for us. In fact, better than any quarterback that we've had since since Asante Samuel. Like Asante that. Samuel, yeah. Like honestly, I, I'm trying with the competition. What Byron? Byron Maxwell and not maybe, the Osama maybe and Dominic Rogers Cromarty had he had a, a solid season with us one year, but that's it. But no, yeah, but yeah, but I, I wouldn't. I'm just saying, yeah, I wouldn't be like. And then the I one year, the one year, the one year free agent deals. Nelson, he he will be gone, and um, Nelson to me looks like a help me out. The, help me out. The safety Harris. Yeah, Anthony Harris. Yeah, he'll be gone. He'll be gone too. So right there, I mean, you're gonna lose about. Eight guys right off the bat. Also, McLeod, definitely gone. McLeod, gone. Right off the bat. And 
Now, <laughs> I was talking to somebody last night. They said that Jalen Hurts didn't have offensive weapons. All right, well, at least he's got Devontae Smith because we didn't have Devontae Smith last year. And next year, if he doesn't have his offensive line, he's not going to be able to even get the ball to Devontae Smith. So, like, where do the Eagles go from here? Howie Roseman's going to have to make some decisions. And that's why you got to be a little—that's why you got to be a little excited. In the sorry to interrupt you, but that's why you got to be a little bit excited to see where they're at position-wise. They're going to have two first-round picks, no matter what. Looks like as of now, with the way Carson Wentz has played ninety-seven percent of the snaps so far, it's looking good so far. We'll see. If he continues to play, we'll have three first-round picks. It's interesting that he brought that Carson Wentz thing because if the Colts continue to go down this path where they're 0-3 right now, and if they, you know, with their injuries, if they just don't play well this season, don't be surprised if Chris, yeah, if Chris Ballard on the, the GM of the Colts benches Wentz so they can keep that pick because I could easily see that happening. Yeah, I agree 100%. And right now, I mean, their season's – I mean, I know it's early and whatever, but you can agree – Oh, and two teams only have like a eighty percent chance of making the playoffs, so it's hard to make the playoffs at zero and three plus. They are playing a division where the Titans look like they're getting their act together a little bit. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Obviously, they got the Jaguars and the Texans in that division. They're both terrible, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go say. I mean, if they lose another game, if they go zero and four, it's gonna be really tough for them to make the playoffs, and that's yeah. gonna hurt us. But yeah, that, I mean, that's another bad team right now. That's a really bad team too so i don't want to say too much on this topic talking about the eagles and how they've been playing um next week next week i i think we're gonna get shut out i just don't see andy next Reed. week next week is is gonna be one of the is gonna and be it's not and it's not like the chiefs have that good of a defense in fact they don't it's i think it's like 28th in the entire league right now well, they definitely but, have one of the worst defenses as of now but, it but that matter. defense that defense is gonna look like the 85 bears when they come play us at the link next week they're just gonna shut us down um but let this is this is a sad podcast tonight but let's switch over to the sixers because i want to finish the show off on this because we both have a lot to say and i want you to start off with your opinion on this ben simmons saga right now um i just think it's 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 really disappointing like i sound like a parent when a kid gets like mad but or when they get mad at their kids but i'm just disappointed in simmons i just think at this point, he's being a child. It seems like the whole entire team just wants him there. They want to try to win, and he's just being a baby. Like, literally, there's no other way to say it. Uh, I won't, I mean, I would like to see Ben play, you know, at least play, get on the court, because it's going to make the six, it's going to be a lot harder for the Sixers to trade him if he's not playing. But it's just, it's really embarrassing, honestly. The whole situation's embarrassing. Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid, he's not answering their calls. He doesn't, he said something, I heard a report today saying he doesn't want to, you know, even talk to his teammates. And I saw a quote today by Furkan Korkmaz. He said the best is the same situation. I mean, the same way I feel about the situation, Furkan Korkmaz said, I have no idea what's going on. That's yeah. how I feel. I just don't know what's going on. I, it just seems like Ben Simmons doesn't want to, I mean, he did, he, from what I hear, he doesn't want to play for the Sixers at all. But the issue is Ben Simmons. You're not Giannis. You're not LeBron James. You're not. You're coming off the worst playoff series I've ever possibly. So, you know his value is low. If Doc, I, I think Doc Rivers still and Joel Embiid are still convinced that they can win a title with him. They're, I just don't think there's any shot. I think I'm not. I'm not looking too forward to the Sixers uh, this upcoming season. 
I am. I am looking forward to the Sixers because I think that Embiid will have another MVP-type caliber season. I do think that the Sixers are going to trade Ben Simmons. I hope they get at, get him out of there before you know camp really gets underway because you know you you want to have a positive environment. You don't want all this going on as the season's starting. But the only the only trade I realistically see is one to the Rockets for maybe. Maybe mm. Porter and John Wall. Maybe no, plus me. no, no. That's the, I don't really see what. I, I mean, we're not getting Damian Lillard. John Wall is just an, John Wall is an older version of Ben Simmons. I know, I'm just say, I'm just saying. I feel like that's like they're they're going There are definitely teams calling about Ben Simmons because listen, even though he can't shoot a free throw, I mean he was 33 percent I think in the playoffs this year, and he refuses to shoot a jump shot. There are teams that still want him. Yes, he's a good defender. Yes, he can facilitate an offense, and you know he gets he's got the most assists for three assists for three pointers. But you know who cares? There are teams calling. If I'm the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm not a GM. I'm not Daryl Morey, but I would be calling Cleveland and do everything you can to bring Colin Sexton over, bring Kevin Love over, and bring somebody else over, like a pick, maybe two picks, and you could also have Cleveland eat Kevin Love's contract. So then you're not really paying him anything. You bring in a veteran guy, a power forward. He'll help out your team immensely, especially for the playoff run. And Colin Sexton, I don't think there's many people in the league that work harder than he does. I mean... I, I like that. I like that. And if not, I like... Uh, he's fast. I he, saw Ben he, Simmons for Fox and uh, Buddy Yield. And, you know, maybe we throw in somebody else. I would take I would, that deal. I would take that deal. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. But, uh, but I don't. I honestly don't think the Sacramento Kings would take that deal. Yeah, those are two young talents. I don't think they would take that deal. I know they were looking to get rid of Buddy Heald to the Lakers before the Westbrook trade happened. I, I mean that 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 was like a Frank Gore type situation. Yeah, Buddy Heald was like traded to the Lakers and then last second didn't so happen. They're definitely trying to get rid of uh, Buddy Heald. I don't know about Fox. He's he's a good talent. I would I would keep him if I was the Sacramento Kings. Honestly, I think he's better I mean, than Ben Simmons. I think Fox. I think Fox and Sexton are uh, two very similar players. Uh, I, I you know yeah both, both both feel like you know they're either you know at you know they're at their ceilings or they can get a little bit better. They're never going to be like all star point guards or anything like that, but they're going to be good. Um, but yeah, I agree. It, that, I think the bigger piece in that deal is is Kevin Love because of you know. He's been around winning, or you know, he's been on winning teams. He's won a championship. He's been an all star. He's been a great player. He's nearing the end of his career. He still could be a decent player. Mm-hmm. Still, then, in your locker room, then you have guys like Danny Green, Seth Curry, Embiid, obviously, who's a veteran now. Tobias Harris is a veteran. Andre Drummond hasn't had much postseason experience, but he's been in the league for many years. And then you bring still a guy. Don't, still don't understand that signing at all. But you know, me personally, I'd rather have Dwight Howard. But it it's a lateral move. Like you get it, you don't really. It's not a deal. It's, it's, it's not. not a deal that, yeah, it's not. not really much, there's not really much to win, and there's not really much to lose. Exactly. It's a. It's, it's a, a minimum deal. Yeah. Yeah. Low risk, low reward. It's just it's the same kind of move. I, I'd rather have Dwight Howard because I loved his personality, and he was always hyping up the team, and he was so positive. He he wanted guys to stay after and shoot with him. I don't think Andre Drummond's that guy. Um, he's definitely not that guy. But he he is good. Um, he he gets you know close to twenty rebounds when he's playing. Um, but 
I saw something today. Ben Simmons said that his play style is not conducive to Embiid. Are you are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? I mean, it's 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 just. I mean, you got to look at it and just like re- like relatively, you just got to like be on like. Simmons is literally just being a baby. Like, there's no you, other way to put it. Like, he's just being a baby. Like, you were given the city of Philadelphia a hundred and sixty million dollars when you did nothing. He made an All Star game, won a Rookie of the Year, and I think he made like the second team All Defense or whatever. And you could argue that he, you could argue that he didn't deserve the Rookie of the Year over Mitchell. And then, and then he got that contract. He was pl- he was paid like an elite player. I was saying it since day one. After that series in Toronto, they should have got rid of Ben Simmons and kept Jimmy Butler as the point guard. Butler kept saying it. He was saying it on his podcast too. And B, you won't be able to play with that guy. You got to get that guy out of there. Like, you got to trade him. And now we're in this situation. And B said it perfectly at his media day. Listen, we've seen all the videos. Let's just hope that he can come back and, you know, do it in games. The videos, the, the Instagram videos, and it's like all the comments and captions are like, "We're not falling for this, Ben. Like, we know you're not going to shoot. We've been seeing this for three straight off seasons." But that's like that's where I'm so confused. Like, is he going to go to a different team and then start firing shots from all over the court? Like, is that actually what's going to happen? Because that would that would be typical Philadelphia athletes leaving town and then going and performing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing as Markel Folds and, and Nolan Patrick and all these guys that were top picks that we drafted. Dillard, all they're all head cases. They all are just mentally so weak. And when you play in a city like Philadelphia, this isn't Sacramento, this isn't Minnesota. The fans are going to get on you when you have a bad game. Jalen Hurts is a perfect example. You look on Twitter yesterday. Oh my god, everyone was blowing him up. They wanted Joe Flacco in a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people are hashtagging putting Gardner Minshew. He, he's no. not even suited up. Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Hurts needs to stay the starter for the rest of the season. No, 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 play it's out. not that I'm saying. Like yeah. you just got to take it with a, you know a grain of salt. Move on and try to prove him wrong. And uh, you know it's funny one. you bring up the fans, Bryce. That's a great point. You, I saw a report yesterday too that Ben Simmons because like, like you know. First, you hear that it was Doc Rivers' comments at the end of the game that made Ben want to leave. Then it was Embiid and how he handled the situation. Then it was the fans. Now it's the play styles. But I heard whatever team Ben does go to, when the team does come and play in Philadelphia, he's going to load manage and sit out that game just because he refuses to play in front of the fans. Yeah, I was going to say. So Could you imagine that? I mean, I, I uh, to me right now, it's going to be hard for, let's just say, he has a change of mind, and we're able to convince able to convince him somehow, some way to come back and and play. I don't know how I'm going to root for him with the comments he's made about the fans and, and the way he's what I, I what does first off another big thing is what he's two time All Star. Andre Drummond two years ago was an All Star. All Star games do not matter at all. Yeah. All Star games are not the best players all the time. It's just I, I get it's the best players in the, in the world in the league at the time, but there's plenty of players that get snubs. That should be all stars all the time. The league is talented. There's so much talent in the league. It's it's mm-hmm. plain and simple. So I wouldn't go and saying like, oh, two time all star makes you makes you crazy good. Oh, call call me and talk to me when you're an all when you're on an all NBA team. That's when you know you've had a great season. And and Ben's that hasn't been on an all NBA team. Yes, all on defense. defense. He's so. a great defender. There's no denying that whatsoever. Ben Ben Simmons is one of if not the best defender in the NBA. It's, we all know that. But, but exactly, how how valuable was that? Uh, and good point, bringing it up. How valuable was that defense when, in every fourth quarter, in that postseason series with the Atlanta Hawks, 
in the last five minutes, he couldn't even be on the court so because he couldn't shoot free throws. So then his defense, there's no point. Like It's, a, it's just a shame because I think everybody in the whole entire league, world, everybody can openly say if Ben Simmons just could have confidence in himself and shoot the basketball, he'd be a top five player in the NBA. There's no doubt whatsoever. The, his, his vision... His quickness, his ability to to, vent, to uh, defend and rebound. I mean, he, the guy is an elite defender, an elite rebounder, an elite passer. He's got great vision, and he just can't. He just has no confidence and doesn't and doesn't want to shoot the basketball, and that's what's been holding him back. And it's been we, we drafted him what four or five years ago. Uh, it's time, man. I mean, maybe he yeah. just needs a new environment. Maybe he needs something. But uh, after the comments he's made recently. I just don't even see him coming back, or even even if he had a change of heart last minute, I don't think he'd be even comfortable coming back because what he said about the fans, he knows how the Philly fans are. In my yeah, I know. I mean, the Philly fans, they'll, they'll just say it how it is. And listen, I wouldn't be opposed if they decide not to trade Ben and have him sit out the year. Like you brought this on us. Like you want to get out of here so bad. How about you sit on the couch the rest of the season and we'll keep your thirty million and then, you know, see if he wants to come yeah. back and play basketball. I think he's I think he's gonna I would, change our uh uh hard when he uh you know, Ben Simmons loves uh loves cars. He loves those Ferraris and everything. I think he's gonna have a change of heart when he gets fined three hundred thousand dollars for not coming to any training camp and he could have bought one of those. I think and, that's I really do. And another thing is where you really start to question like, like if we send him to Sacramento, I'm fine with it. He won't win anything there. You send him to Cleveland, he really won't win anything there. So I'm perfectly fine with sending him to. No this. one wins anything. Cleveland is like Detroit. You just go to yeah. die there. Like it's just careers go to die. So I wouldn't I'd like send him there. I just don't think that we'd be getting a good enough package back for Embiid and this team and how it's currently constructed right now. Listen, we both talked about this on the show. Embiid's got three prime years left, max. He's too tall with all his injury history that he's had. I wouldn't even say three. I'd probably say two, more realistic. I'm, I'm being optimistic. I'm giving him three. I would trade the three first-round picks for the next three years, Ben Simmons and whoever else the Trailblazers want, and you have to get Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal in Washington. I know those two players have said they're loyal to their teams and they don't want to leave. But you have to give them the entire city of Philadelphia, the Liberty An Bell. Offer they can't refuse, Jim. An offer they can't refuse. <laughs> Just like that, you got to you got to bring them because Embiid's got three years left, and that's it. That's it. That's that's the time window for a championship just, here in Philadelphia. I just I, I hate to say it, and like, and I you know I try to be more optimistic about Philly sports, and you know that. I mean, look at me. I'm still I still believe that the Eagles. Could oh, I love them. Yeah, I I, 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 you know, there's a part of me that wants Ben to come back so he could be the first seed again. There's a part of me that wants to see Hurts succeed and us win the division this year. I just I'm trying to be realistic. When it comes to the Sixers, man, I haven't been excited about watching this team in a long time, even coming into the playoffs. Like, it's just I don't I just don't feel like compared to other teams like you look at Milwaukee they're so well balanced they have a great coach you know Giannis is the best player in the league currently I think we can all agree you know Kevin Durant but like currently Giannis coming off a title Chris Middleton looks great Drew Holiday was the perfect fit Lopez that's such an all around great team you know you look at the Lakers yes they're old but they look like they're gonna have a really good season as long as anything Davis stays healthy that's another exciting team 
And, like, even the Bulls, look at the Bulls. Like, they're going to be exciting team. Like, there's a lot of, you know, like, I, I'd be excited if I was a Bulls fan. They got a lot, you know, they're not going to win a title or anything like that, but they got a really exciting team to watch. I'm not excited about this Sixers team whatsoever. Yes, and beats a stud. Yes, he's an MVP type player, but, like, Tobias Harris, yes, all star, great. Five Bull, great role player. Matisse, yes, he looked like he had a lot of potential last year. He's not going to be like an all star point guard or anything like that. He's going to be a, a solid NBA player. You know, Danny Green is Danny Green. You know, I'm high on Danny Green, but he's still Danny Green. He's only going to get you eight, eight, 12 points a game max. I, I just, I, it's something about it when it comes to me. I'm just not very yeah. excited to watch this team. I just don't think we match up great. Like, I think we're more right now, realistically, we're more of like, uh, maybe like an Indiana Pacers type team. Like we're not going to win a title or anything right that, like that with the current roster we have. Like I, we're better, we're better than the Pacers. But you get what I'm trying to say. The Miami Heat got so much better this off season. The Bulls got better this off season. Lakers got better. The Bucks are the best team. The the Nets, the Nets even got better. They they added some nice players. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, listen. Defensively, losing Ben Simmons, it will, it will have an impact on us. But I don't think, and we disagree on this player, I don't think that the offense is going to change that much. I still think that the offense is going to be good. It could even be better when Tyrese Maxey is our starting point guard. No, I, I think the offense... Because he can run the pick and roll with Embiid. He can run the pick and roll with Embiid, and he can shoot outside is, shots. I think the offense won't change at all. The offense will not change really that much. So I'm all. not as worried as you are. I think Philly's got a, sh- uh, got a shot. But, you know, no one's beating Brooklyn out of the East, like, and the we, Lakers are winning the West. Can we, just, can we just take a moment and can we all relax on Maxi? We all need to just, every Philly fan needs to take a deep breath and just relax. He's better on offense than Simmons is. I know, I know. He had a good season, but we're like, we're, what, like what's going to happen when Maxi, let's just say we're, we're going to be a playoff team. The Sixers are still very much going to be a playoff team. What happens when we play a team with a point guard like Kyrie Irving or Damian Lillard versus Maxi, he's going to get torched. He's not ready to play against them. He's a 20-year-old kid. These guys are 29, 28-year-old NBA veterans that are That's where that's where that's where that's where you're missing the point though. That's where you're missing the point. Who's a better point guard? An actual point guard, Drew Holiday or Ben Simmons? I I think Drew Holiday's an all-around better point guard for sure. Kyrie Irving or Ben Simmons? I mean, I don't have to answer that. Exactly. So what I'm saying is when we've had to play these teams, it's not like Ben Simmons offensively was that much of a factor. I mean, when you look at those games, yes, he shut them down on defense, but he didn't do anything on the offensive end. At least Tyrese Maxey will be able to get some points. I'm not saying he's going to match Kyrie Irving or Drew Holiday or Jimmy Butler or Harden. I'm not saying that. He's not. But he'll at least be able to score. And that's I just think, you just I need just space. Very, I just think we're very quick on the whole uh, maxi train. I think I, I don't listen. I like him, really? and I think you can agree. We all just need to slow down a little bit. We're gonna we're asking a lot out of a 21, 21 or twenty twenty one year old kid to just step in and Oop. you know. Don't mean to cut you off. We got we got less than a minute, but yeah, go ahead, continue. Twenty twenty one year old kid to just step in and and, and be a, a stud, be a star. I yeah. I, I just don't on a uh, be a starting point guard on a playoff team. I just think it's too an, uh, it's an unrealistic act because he's not a, he's not going to be a Damian Lillard or Steph Curry type player or Kyrie. He's just not. He's not. We need to relax. He's not, but I think he could be an all star in this league. It's not that hard to do. But listen, I'm excited for how this is all going to play out. I expect Ben Simmons to be traded. 
Um, I would rather see him have to sit out and we keep the $30 million, but that's just the way it is. Bryce, great episode as always tonight. We'll be back here for another episode this week. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Instagram, and Bryce, as always. Go, go birds. birds, no matter what, baby. Go Birds.